0: Welcome to The Gathering Place
1: with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So
0: let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Jenna. It's so lovely to be with you. Always. Jenna, what are we talking about today? Well, today I thought it'd be cool to chat about ministry. Yes. How did you, I feel like you didn't go to school for ministry. Right, right, right. You just grew up in a really good youth group and had a really great youth minister. Was that the only thing that made you think, oh, I could do that? Or was there something else that happened in your life that kind of drove you into youth ministry?
1: Yeah, I had no intention of doing youth ministry, so... I did have a really awesome experience of youth group, but it wasn't really the nights, like no offense. Uh, They were great nights and it was like the heyday of life teen at the parish, but really it was just the witness and the friendship of my youth minister, Paul. Yeah. and, And Jesus just won my heart essentially in youth group. So then when I went to college, one summer paul called and said hey they're doing these things called summer camps for life team they're going to start it in georgia would you want to come out and do like essentially like a summer internship mm-hmm. like early days of summer camps now they're like a whole thing right they're incredible yes but those were the you know the really early days and so i spent two summers doing that at a couple of their different camps and Ultimately, I just had people kind of speak into my life, people that I really respected say, Hey, you're good at this. Mm. Like, you could do this. What did you do there, though? Yeah, like ran small groups. I did skits. I worked with other missionaries. I was hospitable to visiting groups. I don't know. Just was my shining self. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, I was studying special education and I had always intended to teach special ed. It's all I ever wanted to do. From the time I was in kindergarten, I was volunteering in the special ed classrooms. I worked at summer camps with special needs students through junior high and high school. It was just so near and dear to my heart. There was never a question. Day one of college, I declared my major as special ed. But then as I started to do camps and grew in my faith, I just didn't want to do anything that couldn't be about the Lord explicitly. And maybe that was like my naivete or like my immaturity in faith, because now I see that everyone is called to be a disciple, like no matter their job or position or state in life. But at the time I just, I couldn't imagine going to work every day and not talking about Jesus. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like a series of things I student taught and discovered that the classroom model wasn't really what I wanted and at the same time my other gifts in this other area were kind of blooming. Hmm. And then I had the encouragement. So I don't know, I just kind of went for it. Like why not?
0: Here it's we crazy.
1: are. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. So then there was
0: just a job opening and you just, were you looking or did someone tell you about the job opening? Well, the,
1: my, my first and only youth ministry position Someone at the Life Team National Office called me and said, hey, have you seen this posting? You should check it out. And I really had no intention to come back to Arizona. And it was in Flagstaff, which is is north of Phoenix where my family is and where I grew up. But I just didn't want to be in Arizona. But whatever. I applied. Then I got it. Then <laughs> you stayed. Then I stayed for 11 years. And now I work at Blessed is She it's kind of wild yeah so no i didn't have any formal training Mm -hmm. (laughs) i didn't go to college for it yeah although you know education was certainly a help and there were opportunities for like faith formation and um, catechesis and like catechist training yeah once i was in the position but god bless my pastor and the staff at the parish they said to me in that initial interview we know very well that we're growing a youth minister. Yeah. And they just gave me room to grow, i.e. room to make mistakes and like learn on the job. Now that's not the way everybody should do it, but that's how it worked for me. I'm like a huge believer in that the
0: only way we're ever going to learn anything is to fail. Yeah. Did you have like a lot of those failure growing moments?
1: You know, I just had a lot of insecurities. It was more like a hesitancy to act. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I didn't dive in and fail and then be like, okay, let's try it again. It was like a really cautious stepping out. And then I would get a little bit more confidence and then I could step out a little bit more. Yeah, I was like a terrible youth minister in those early days. I'm surprised I still have like friends from that core team or like yeah, I'm friends with students that were in my youth group at that time because I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. So the Lord can use anything. Totally. I am proof of that. I think it's really funny how different you and I are. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yes, I know. Like (laughs) just
0: me saying that question and you having the complete opposite experience.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. Like, it's the same here. It's like, I get this opportunity. The Lord calls me to do something, but I'm still hesitant. Yeah. Like it's, it's personality and it's temperament and it's woundedness. It's combination of all kinds of things that make us act the way that we act, totally. you know? Yeah. So I can even see some of those same patterns from like my early days of youth ministry here in Blessed she trying to figure it out and step out and yes. like wanting to be better, but being afraid to try, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, what about you? How did you get into ministry, Jenna Gieser? Well, I always loved youth
0: ministry when I was a kid. I loved the relationships that were a part of ministry. Just growing alongside each other and learning more about the faith has been really paramount to my faith life. And so doing life with other people has always been extremely important to me because of those roots as a kid Mm -hmm. so then meeting my husband and him having that same heart was huge like you were just talking about how someone met their husband or like how you should think about meeting that person and how you should think are we going to vision the same
1: oh my gosh it's this book what was it it's amazing yeah it's called love defined okay bethany baird and Kristen Clark. And they sent me this book that's all about single life and relationships and kind of undoing the paradigm that we have of what dating and romance and even love and marriage are. Yeah. And one of the things they talk about that that struck me is that we have a we have a wrong way of discerning what a successful relationship looks like. So like the modern paradigm of dating and relationships would be attraction chemistry, feelings driven. Yeah. But that like a a God designed view of marriage and relationships would be that in dating, that you would be asking harder questions, like Mm. what is this person's vision for their life? And will I be a good teammate to them on that vision? Like can we partner in something for the kingdom? Rather than does this person make me feel really excited and happy in the moment? Will they please me? I don't know. It was just, it's a huge shift to think about long-term vision for the kingdom. Yeah. In your partner. And you and Mike really have that. Yeah. You came into your relationship knowing that you wanted to be a ministry family. Yeah. That you were willing to put that first and make sacrifices for it. Right. Yeah. So
0: he was drumming in a band shortly after we got married with our friend Ike. And I loved that. Like as crazy as it was and as hard as it was, like I loved that time in our life and I loved the sacrifice of it. And again, like I think you can look at day to day and say, Jenna, you complained a lot about that. You know, my friends who I talked to at that time, but really like in my heart, I supported him and I loved that he was going out and doing something really special and building up the kingdom in like a really tangible way. So when he left the band, I think it really left a big kind of question mark in our life because we wanted to be in ministry in some way. And so when Blessed Is She was born, it was a very natural progression for us to dive into that. And that was hard for Mike. I mean, that was total role reversal for Mike to be the one supporting me doing something in ministry as opposed to me supporting him. And I think that was also a really hard time in Mike's life when I first started. blessing she just with his anxiety disorder and that sort of thing, I think it was harder for him than it was for me at 21 carefree and wild, you know, while he was traveling in the band, it was, it was a harder transition for him. But three years later, we're so grateful for this opportunity to work with the Lord in this way and for him. And I, just so badly want to show my daughters that they can do anything. I worked in a hospital and I loved that. And I think it was really amazing and taught me a lot. And I did talk about the Lord at work, but I found my purpose. And I so badly want my daughters to be able to constantly search for what that is in Mm. their lives. Like I don't want them to settle for anything less than pure joy and coming alive in what they're doing every single day. Yeah. And so, like you said, like, I don't think that only applies to ministry.
1: Right. Now, Jenna, you had three of your four daughters. Yeah. At the time that Blessed Is She started. So how has it yeah. been being a mom and running a full-time ministry, which really was full-time even before you came on full-time? Yeah. It
0: was extremely amazing while being extremely hard. Yeah. Again, Mike, I think... I think he could have been, and I think he would say this, he could have been more supportive of me at that time. But I think because of the things he was going through, it was harder for him to see the vision of Blessed she with me because he was so clouded by his own stuff and Mm -hmm. his own personal suffering. But this, I mean, just the nature of Blessed she is a supportive sisterhood. And so I think because of those relationships that I have in real life, my really close friendships who are saying, you know, this is really great. John, now you should keep doing this or how can we help you? And all the way into online relationships that have done that for me really kept me afloat the whole time. Like, okay, this is really hard and I'm going to work a 12 hour shift at a hospital. And, but I still have stuff to get done on, on this online ministry. And because of the people kind of cheering me on and Mike was that in a lot of ways, but, yeah, I just think it was the support of friends, which is also what I want for every woman to have. Like, I just can't express the importance that friendship has had in my life, and I want other women to have that. Yeah. And I think it is for all of us. Like, I think some people think, I don't need friends.
1: or Yeah. Like, just kind of hunker down with their family. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that our paths into ministry are polar opposite. Totally. I mean, we both took, you know, a leap to do the thing. Yes. But the way we've proceeded on the way has been really different. And I think that's probably true of anybody that's come into ministry. I don't think there is one way to do it, one path to it, like full time or, or just your vocation, your job as a ministry. I don't think there's only one way to do ministry. But so I guess what I'm thinking about is, Just how beautiful it is that God uses our gifts and our temperaments. Yeah, like he uses us as we are. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't only one way. Right. There isn't only one way to be a Catholic. There isn't only one way to be a woman. There isn't only one way to do ministry and that the Lord really honors our uniqueness in that. Yeah. So how did you, in youth
0: ministry, which I know can be so life-consuming, I guess I don't know it. I assume it is. But how did you avoid... Feeling really burned out, either from kids or or staff that you're dealing with, or even in your own prayer life. Like, how did you avoid the yeah, burnout? Yeah, I mean,
1: I definitely did burn out from time to time. Yeah, typically right around April, <laughs> <laughs> like the same time every year. It's just like a teacher, you know. Yeah. I think it took me a long time to figure out that prayer sustains me. Yeah, that the work is not up to me that the fruit is the responsibility of the Lord's, not me, not mine. And so I I do think that people get in ministry, kind of a trend that I've seen, is that you get in ministry with some natural gifts with a lot of enthusiasm, and then you burn out because you're only using, you're operating out of those natural gifts and enthusiasm. I remember being on a retreat with a youth minister and I walked into the chapel and he was like laying on his stomach writing, on a notepad and I thought how beautiful he's really having like, he's using this time to like be with the Lord. And I was like, Oh, sorry to, you know, just disturb you. And he said, Oh no, I'm writing a talk. And I do think that's a temptation. is like that prayer becomes about work and for work as opposed to prayer being about relationship. So when I'm in relationship and I'm praying everything, my whole ministry flows out of that relationship. Everything I teach on comes from that any good analogy or like practical help that I have has all been given to me from the Lord. So that's my, really my, my one and only most important tip is prayer, a yeah. prayer, a, a daily prayer life. But I think just like teachers, just like moms, whatever you do, if you're passionate about it and you're called to it, there's potential to burn out because yeah. so much of you is invested in it. Right. And so many of your gifts are being used. So where are you going to get replenished? Where do you find your rest? How do you build it in? How do you insist on it when the work is never done? I remember on the first day of my five-day silent retreat, he said, how's it going? Are you here yet? You know, like, have you checked into this and out of, you know, whatever at work? Yeah. And I said, no, like, I still have so much to do. And he said, there's always more to do. Mm. There's always more to do. And so sometimes I go back to that like even on a super productive day, I can get discouraged because there's still so much to do. And I always just hear Father Matt's voice in my head. There will always be more to do.
0: Yeah.
1: So we have to just like surrender it to the Lord. We do what we can and he'll take care of the rest. My question for you is not so much about tips to not burn out, but like tips to balance a family yeah. and a vocation and a ministry.
0: Well, I always hated this answer when I asked people, what's the key to a good marriage? And they would say communication. (laughs) I was like, boring. Is that true for you? (laughs) Well, I do think it's true for this question. I think Mike and I have to constantly be in communication about how he and I are feeling about our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it tends to be how we feel about our relationship in terms of blessed is she and how blessed is she is affecting our lives because it's just a lot, like we're busy a lot Mm -hmm. with it. So we'll ask each other once or twice a week like what grade would you give us right now and we'll give each other a relationship grade stop it It's <laughs> so funny that
1: is the cutest thing ever it's
0: funny when one of us says like d and the other one's like it's an a
1: no <laughs> no way <laughs>
0: it's so funny anyway so we'll have those check-in it's a check-in really of just saying how are you feeling do you feel seen do you feel heard do you feel loved in the way that your love language is you know so that's huge for our relationship. And then I really think so much of it is just about what you were saying, which is about prayer. If I set aside time to just be with the Lord, and again, I've talked about this in the past. I don't spend an hour in prayer. It's five to ten minutes. And I have to like, I can hear myself telling myself that's not enough. I hear that.
1: Yeah. In moms, in people with really demanding, strangely hour jobs, you know, like you have to pray according to your state in life. And I think you do that faithfully. Yeah. You make the most out of those. Right. Five minutes. yeah, Ten minutes. Yeah.
0: So that's huge because I've just been really loving that time and I've never had that in my life. I've never had like dedicated prayer time. So it's making a huge difference in how I relate to other people and I'm patient and so that relates to my kids, and blessed is she. Was it hard for you to work with other people? Yes. The worst.
1: <laughs> yes. People are the worst. Like, I could be holy if not for other people, <laughs> you know? Totally. Sometimes, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, how I'm, like, always telling people to pray. Yes. Like, you'll just be better. Yeah. You'll be more secure. Totally. You'll have more joy. You'll have more peace. And that like leaks out into your daily life, into your daily interactions to have that like strong, vibrant connection with the Holy Spirit. It accompanies you all day. Right. Yeah. Except what (laughs) that I am like still not great, you know, (laughs) and like I have a pretty great prayer life. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, wow, how can I have this experience and then go and be that person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, it's a long journey. It's a lifetime. A whole lifetime. That's what confession is for. Yeah. Yeah. Working with people is hard. People are hard. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like... We're all so different. Okay. I would say we're all so wounded. That's true. I mean, most people's personalities are some amalgamation of like wounds and preferences and family of origin. Yes. Junk that they're carrying around. Yeah and lies that they believe about themselves or about the world and we're all kind of operating out of this this is why a relationship with christ is so transformative because he's able to like speak truth and bring light to those areas of our lives that we're just not really operating in reality yeah because all of all of that stuff that we bring into relationships in the workplace in our families in relationships a lot of that is us acting out of our woundedness yeah so if we could bring that stuff to Christ first and at least let him in and let him kind of deconstruct some of our walls or triggers or bad behavior, you know? Yeah. Like, I wonder if we would be less easily offended or quicker to forgive. You know, that's <laughs> that's what I hear prayer does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's, I know I'm always talking about how much I love friendship, but how dare you talk on about this, on the flip side of working with people. I find that people hold me extremely accountable Wow. to be better.
1: Wow. Like, I just can't, why do we work together? This is like unbelievable. What? Cause we're that literally the opposite <laughs> in like every possible what? way. Like you're <laughs> like, I love friendship. Friendships keep me accountable. I'm like the lonest lone wolf there ever was. <laughs> and yet I have literally like a million friends. A million. One million Yeah, but friends. I would rather do it. I'd rather just like pull back. Yeah. Just do me. Yeah. With me. By yeah. myself. With Jesus. He's always like, hey, get out there. <laughs> I love that. And I'm like, can't we just hang out? We got a pretty good thing going here, Lord.
0: He's like, here's a big dose of Jenna Giza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. They just hold me accountable and hold me to something more. And I like that. Because I think I could just slip very far into sin and not have anyone ever ask me about anything.
1: I love that you like love and respect your friends enough that you want to be better for them. Yeah. So we had this question recently on Teachable Tuesday that was asking specifically about ministry. And we've talked about some of those things like practical tips and avoiding burnout, dealing with people. But there was a a piece of that question that I'm really interested in unpacking. She asked us about how do we keep how do we keep the vision of Christ like at the forefront of our minds on a daily basis in the work that we do. So when I was in youth ministry, and this was like my later days of youth ministry, so I had A couple of things figured out. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, not everything, (laughs) not even close. But, you know, I'd been doing it for a while and I'd figured out more or less that I didn't know what I was doing and that I really needed Jesus and that he knew the kids better than I did. He knew the city better than I did. And he knew me better than I did. So I began to ask him at the beginning of every semester for a vision, not like an out of body experience vision, but like a focus. Yeah. It did usually involve an image in prayer, but just to help me to understand where the students were and what they needed and what to teach about. And so then I would build my curriculum around whatever the Lord had put on my heart. So I remember one year with middle school, I remember the Lord sort of showing me just how hungry they were and like joyfully just devouring everything we, like we couldn't teach them or feed them fast enough, you know? Yeah. And so we could really, we really took off that semester and we could like give them a lot and they could handle a lot. And there was just, I I mean, that whole semester was really characterized by a lot of joy. Whereas there was another semester that was so very basic. And I felt like the Lord was saying they're, they're really young. You have to go all the way back to the beginning and give them the basics. And so I think for me, Keeping a vision in the forefront of my mind um, for not only this ministry but my life means regularly going back to assess that vision. That's cool. And say, am I is this still where I'm needed? Is this still working for our family? Or, you know, what adjustments need to be made? I love that.
0: I think I haven't regularly gone back to reassess my vision in terms of blessed is she, but Something I constantly go back to in prayer is a couple things. One of them being that we're all on a road together, um, walking towards the Lord. My vision has always really been like we're walking a journey together and we're on an actual physical road together in my imagination. And then the other one would be the table image, which we shared about when we first started the podcast, which is that all of us are Welcome at this table and just the beauty of sharing a meal together and sharing Conversation together across the table is really special to me. I think about like a sobremesa like the after-dinner Conversation time that mm-hmm. that's what I want bless issue to be. We're all just hanging
1: out at the dinner table Having some coffee. That's amazing. There's a verse in the book of Proverbs that says, without a vision, the people perish. Wow. So we always have to keep the vision that Christ entrusts to us in front of our eyes. Yeah. And to go back and to renew it. Like, I love that you said that you go back and reassess, you know, I'm just a big fan of that verse. I love that. That's super cool. Yeah. Like, where are we going if we don't have a vision? Right. How can we expect to be like effective disciples if we have no vision? Yeah. How can you expect your children to grow into their vocation and their holiness? Like if we don't have a vision for that. Yeah. I just watched this viral Facebook video about this mom of a large family Mm -hmm. and they're Christians. And she says that she speaks over her children. Things like you're going to create prosthetics that are going to make it possible for people to walk you're going to find cures to diseases that we've never even heard of. Wow. Yeah. Like she speaks these like wild and big dreams over their lives as they're sleeping at the dinner table. Wow! They just talk big vision with their kids. That's so cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I love it. And her whole soapbox was to say that we have a large family because we want to allow God. We want to ask God to send us, every evangelist every jesus lover every world changer we want to say yes in our family to that not that cool so they have they have vision for their family they vision for their kids lives wow thanks for chatting about this with me can we pray i would love to take it
0: away lord thank you so much for this moment and this ability to be together and to talk about you and all the good and ways that you're moving in our lives Lord, I ask that we just become like clay in your hands. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That in whatever way that you want to mold us and make us, Lord, that we receive that with an openness, that we're pliable to your movement, that we let you move through us in whatever way that you want, whatever vision you have for our lives. Lord, I ask that today, We take just a few more minutes just to sit at your feet and say, Lord, what do you want from me? Whether it be in our workplace, Lord, in our families, with our marriages, in our relationships, in our friendships. What do you want from me? What do you want for me, Lord? What is your vision for my life? I thank you so much, Lord, for what you're going to reveal to us. I thank you so much. For the courage that you give to us to even ask that question, because we know that you're going to answer, Lord, I thank you for what this day will bring. We open our arms to what you have in store. Amen.
1: Amen. In
0: Amen. Amen, the name, and, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining
1: me, Beth Davis. Happy to be here, Jenna Gizar. Bye. Thanks
0: so much for gathering with us here on the
1: Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram,
1: Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.